say that we have extracted from this data, this week's working value that says this. We value equipping saints for the development of their gifts, the deepening of their faith, and for the devotion of their lives to his service because when we are equipped, we are more effective in battling the enemy, sharing the gospel, and serving the king. Let me read that again. Just let that sink in as we begin our conversation this morning. We value equipping saints for the development of their gifts, the deepening of their faith, and for the devotion of their lives to his service because when we are equipped, we are more effective in battling the enemy, sharing the gospel, and serving the king. Parenting is such an interesting journey. Amen. I tell you what, it never ceases to amaze me. Some of you who are in your grandparenting season of life, I'm sure have story upon story that you can point to. And I want to share with you one that, that uh, unfolded within our family just this last week. We had, um, as you would expect, with six kids, we only have a few months out of the year that we don't celebrate someone's birthday. Right, And so in November, we actually celebrate two birthdays in the Godwin family. And so this last week, we were celebrating the birthday of our daughter, Emerson, who loves Don Wallows. And so for lunch on Friday, where did you expect to find us but at the parking lot of Don Wallows? As we're getting out of our minivan, which is packed to the gills with all of us and car seats and booster seats and stroller in the back because you just never know, right? Uh, we, we were getting out, and I was driving, and so I had opened up the, the back door for the kids to start piling out, and Mandy was getting the baby out on the other side, and there were a group of guys that had walked out of the restaurant, and they were walking to their truck just across on the next aisle of the parking lot. And as they were, the kids were getting out, I could tell that those guys were watching what was going on. And they were watching, and they kept watching. And the kids kept coming, and they kept watching. And I expected this guy to say something to one of his friends, but he was bold enough to say something to me. He said, man, they just keep coming out of that thing. And I said, yes, sir, you're right. He said, it's a wonder you have any hair. I was wearing a baseball cap, and so I just dipped my hat to him and said, I know. This parenting thing has proven to be so interesting for us on this journey, and I trust that it has been so interesting for you as well. But I want to assure you this morning that the mark of success in my journey as a parent is not marked or identified by the number of kids that I have. The number of kids that I have does not define me as a successful parent. What matters in the way of successful parenting is the level of strategic influence I have on them that prepares them to radiate that influence into the world around them now and in the years to come. So I want to ask you as I wrestled with my, my own questions and thoughts, what's one of the primary goals of parenting? What, what would you say is one of the primary goals of parenting? Somebody said not to kill them. <laughs> I agree. I think that's 
one of the primary goals. I, I would say that one of the primary goals, and, and I think there are several goals that God ha has designed parenting to aim at, is to move uh, for a, a child that comes into this world being 100% dependent physically, uh, emotionally, uh, nat naturally, uh, mentally, spiritually even, on the parent or a guardian to shift that scale over the course of time to the point that they are 0% dependent on the person that they were entrusted to along the way. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no interaction or support or, or collaboration, cooperation in that effort, but each time a lot is born into the world, we are very quick and very good at celebrating the arrival of that life. Amen? There is hardly anything more precious than an itty-bitty baby coming into this world, which is why we're excited as we draw near to this Christmas season, not only for the McGraw family as they welcome another baby in, but as we celebrate the, the, birth, uh, the uh, birth and the arrival of, of baby Jesus, our Lord and Savior. There's something special about the, the preciousness of life in a baby. But we wouldn't be considering, as that same group of people who loves to celebrate the arrival of newborns, we wouldn't be celebrating that preciousness if 18 years later, those, those same babies are still babies, right? right. If, if we're still seeing this 18-year-old be dependent on mom and dad or, or caretaker or guardian for everything and anything in their life, we would look at that with a grave concern because the journey... <laughs> For a parent and the influence of a child is to help move them from soft to solid foods, teach them how to feed themselves, learn how to crawl and walk and run, learn how to use a, a potty responsibly, uh, dress themselves, find and cultivate healthy relationships, maintain personal hygiene, receive responsibility, set boundaries, manage limited resources like money and time and energy, learn how to drive, learn how to apply for a job and energy for a job and, and go to work and earn a living at a job and more. And much, much more. But that is the journey of influence for a parent to press in to a child that has been entrusted to them. The aim is to train and prepare these kids to contribute to their families and societies along the way. And to train and prepare them to train and prepare the next generation coming behind them. What is true in the parenting realm is true for us in the spiritual realm. That equipping for maturity is a necessary, healthy component of life in God's family. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul speaks to this necessary component in the life of the church. And I want to read verses 11 through 13 together. And Paul touches on this thought and this idea throughout the whole letter of Ephesians, but he really presses in and shines a concerted spotlight on it in Ephesians chapter 4. He says this, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, if we can ask it of parenting, and if this truth translates, 
into the spiritual realm for us as part of the, the family of God, then what is one of the primary targets or aims for the church? I think we would say without much hesitation that the church is, is here and designed for making disciples on the earth, right? To multiply God's blessing throughout the earth. To radiate the influence of Christ into the world around us. And I can tell you this. Just like parents in the delivery room. We as Shannon Oaks Church are a fantastically gifted, enthusiastic people. When the, the new lives into the kingdom of heaven translate over into the salvation of following Jesus Christ. When there is uh, the accomplishment of this goal of trusting in faith that, that what Jesus Christ has, has done for us is enough for us, we celebrate that. But I want to acknowledge a painful, disheartening reality, not just in Shannon Oaks Church, but across the church of America and other parts of the world today. There are many Many people who have celebrated the relationship of salvation who are still living in bondage, ignorant of the freedom that they have in Christ Jesus. And so Paul tells us, the church, in Ephesians chapter 4, that God has gifted the church with people to oversee and to lead this equipping effort in the church so that we don't get stuck in that infantile state in the journey of faith. I want to point out this morning that, that uh, the word that, that Paul uses in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, where he says that these are the gifts that Jesus Christ has given to the church. That is the same word that is used back in John 3, 16, where God so loved the world that he gave. And so we can look at those two scriptures to draw a comparison between the nature of this gift that God has imparted to us. Because we, without hesitation and reservation, say in John 3.16, when we're talking about the gift of Jesus our Savior, that God looked down on us as, as sinful human beings incapable of achieving the destination that was necessary. For us to enter back into relationship with him. So God looked at us and saw what we couldn't do and imparted a gift to us to help fill the gap. Actually, not to help fill the gap, but to fill the gap. And then over in Ephesians chapter 4, I think we can conclude the same thing. That God looked at this group of people, the gathering of the church, and said, you know what? They, though their hearts are pure and they have been reconnected to the Father, through Jesus Christ, there's something else that they can't achieve on their own. And so I'm going to gift them with this blessing of shepherds and apostles and, and prophets and evangelists and teachers. And equip here literally means to fill the gap. It's the same word that's used in, in, that, in that context of uh, ancient Middle Eastern times to mend the nets when they were broken or torn. To supply something that was missing, that, not, that was needed uh, for, uh, to bring perfection or wholeness or maturity to a context. 
And we can look at the life and the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And, and we know that his final words, as he declared out, it is finished. And we celebrate that as the proclamation of the gospel, that what he did was good enough. Then why are we having this conversation today about the need for equipping in the church? If Jesus did it all, then why are we being asked to do something else? I want to say this morning that we equip because of the gospel. We equip because of the gospel. We look at the life of Jesus himself and the relationship that he had with his disciples. And it's obvious that Jesus himself equipped those who followed him. He taught them how to pray. He, he, he explained to them the unknown truths that they didn't understand. He expected things of his followers. He sent them out and he called them into environments that were safe and conducive to failure, but to learning from their failures so that when they stepped out in another environment that wasn't so safe, they would know how to follow him more purely. And there's a few things this morning that I want to share with you about equipping that, that helps us understand the fullness of the value that this is to our family at Shenandoah Church in this season. Equipping builds up the church. Paul said it in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. Equipping builds up the church. You know, I look at it this way. Equipping really causes us to evaluate the level of pride with our hearts. Because when God looks at us and says, you can't get there or do this on your own, then we have to meet him there and acknowledge that, confess that he alone is everything we need. Amen? And so when we surrender our pride, we acknowledge that there is the beginning of something that is beyond us. And God's plan and design for the church is to be one that comes together and, and has experienced the fullness of his presence in such a way that it builds us up. Christ's gifts to the church makes us stronger and deeper and better and more effective in the ministry that he has called us to be a part of. Now let me say that again because sometimes in... The, 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 the conglomeration of church backgrounds that are represented in a body like this, sometimes we don't all share the same perspective or value for the gifts that God has entrusted to the church. God has entrusted the gifts to the church because it fills a gap to get us from where we are to where we can't get on our own. To build us up to the point that we can be all that we've been created to be. Equipping builds up the church. But equipping also prepares the church for ministry. You see, when I was in high school, I was walking very, very closely with the Lord. Had a very thriving, personal relationship with Him. And, and I, I confess and acknowledge you, I was not the norm. I was the exception in that season of life in my, in my school. But I knew at a very early age that God had placed a calling on my life. And, and I interpreted that calling as a call to ministry. But I never thought in that season that I would, I would find myself as a pastor. But though I, I equated the position, the platform of a pastor as that one of ministry. 
And what I've come to realize and understand long after that time and season of my personal life and my personal journey is that I was called to ministry when I was called to Christ. Because I belong to the church, therefore I am a minister. Belonging to the body means that we all have a purpose to play, which is good news. Because God didn't put you into a family just to leave you in that infantile state. He has charged you and called you to a ministry that will challenge you, but will grow you and develop you and help you become who he has created you to be and help as, as the equipping helps build up the church. Equipping prepares the church for ministry. And when you leave today, you are walking out these doors, getting in your car, and God is sending you into your mission field. Your neighborhood, your workplace, your home, your relationships, your friends, your online community, wherever that is, your school, your mission field is your place of ministry. God doesn't reserve a select group of people that they get to stand up before the church on Sunday morning, and, and, and those are the ministers. No, we as the body are a ministering body because Jesus Christ has a ministry in the world that we live in. Equipping prepares the church for ministry. Equipping also opens the gates to freedom and victory. You see, when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, I believe he meant it. I believe there was nothing else that was necessary in order for us to receive the fullness of the gift that he had offered. There was nothing else that was necessary in us for to, uh, to find ourselves in a place of, of complete and full approval and acceptance in the eyes of the Father. And what Jesus made final, I believe we look at Ephesians chapter 4 and we can conclude that the church is to make felt. What Jesus made final, the church is to make felt. And here's the reality. As I said earlier, there are many, many, many people in the church who follow Jesus, who are stuck in places of bondage, who are controlled and manipulated by fear, who live in this perpetual state of anticipation that what they do and who they are is not good enough, and it affects everything about the lives that they live day in and day out. Here's what I've learned about freedom in Christ Jesus. Freedom is freely available, but it's not always natural. Just because it's available to us doesn't mean it will be natural for us to walk in. We have to learn how to walk in the freedom that God gives us through Jesus Christ. And that's where equipping comes into play. Because equipping helps retrain our minds to think like Christ thinks about us. Equipping opens the gates to freedom and victory because we live in a place and a world and a time where there is an abundance of marriage problems. Where there is a diminishing value of marriage at all. We, we equip 
because there are parenting struggles. And we know that God has a purpose and a plan for the parenting journey. We equip because there is physical devastation all around us. People are sick. People are hurt. They're dying and they're broken. We equip because there is an abundance of financial uncertainty. People make irrational decisions out of places of financial uncertainty. Equipping opens the gates of freedom and victory in that area. We equip because of relational betrayal, because of social alienation, because of the abundance of addiction and the presence of abuse. And some of those may be all too close and personal for you this morning, but I want you to know that if you're stuck in that place where those things still define you, that's not what you were made for. Equipping is God's gift to the church to help move you into the place of freedom and victory. I believe the church is to be the, the body of Christ in such a way that marriage problems uh, disappear. That there is victory in the presence of tough relationships. Right? That the enemy doesn't have the upper hand in any of those things, but God has secured for us the victory through Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you this morning, as we wind down this working value session, what is it that God is stirring in your heart this morning in the way of equipment?